get ready to throw perfection out the window because you're tuned in to the Honestly Imperfect podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Penhorwood, and I'm a marketing coach and the founder of Harper Collective, where I help business owners master their PR and simplify their marketing. Each week, we'll be unlocking valuable tips to up-level your business and sharing honest conversations with entrepreneurs to uncover their stories and wisdom to inspire you to take action. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, welcome back to the Honestly Imperfect podcast. Today, we're joined by Paula Maidens, who is a hiring strategist and leadership coach who helps entrepreneurs grow by teaching them how to build their dream team. If you've been stuck in the overwhelm, trying to get through your massive to-do list, working late into the evenings and on weekends, and you just feel like you are ready to hire, but the thought of it fills you with even more overwhelm, this episode is for you. Paula breaks everything down into easy, actionable steps that you can take right after listening to this episode so that you can step into your CEO self and start to build your own dream team. I hope you love this episode. Let's dive in. Welcome to the podcast, Paula. I am so excited to chat to you today. You have been in high demand from my listeners to chat about all things hiring and just to make the whole process more easeful and way less stressful. So I'm really excited to delve into our chat today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. To get started, can you tell us a little bit about how you help business owners? What does your kind of day-to-day look like? Yeah, so I'm a hiring and leadership coach. And what that means is I help small growing businesses to grow through teaching them how to hire amazing people, you know, that feel like rock stars to them, and then teach them how to elevate into being a CEO. So elevating from, you know, that entrepreneur who's probably likes to be really flexible and do lots of things themselves and make decisions at the last minute, to elevating into a CEO who's running a slightly more structured and organized business, which therefore allows other people to support them. So that's what I do on a day-to-day basis. I do that through programs, through teaching and through coaching. I love that. And I feel like there's two really juicy topics we can delve into there. The first one I want to delve into is, I guess, a lot of listeners who are a little bit like me, maybe they've hired before in the past and now they've transitioned into doing a lot of things themselves and they're excited and they're ready to step back into hiring again, but the whole thing can just seem quite daunting. And I think especially for service-based businesses, I know that the sticky point is, well, I only have limited capacity and then I have to make the money to be able to bring in the right team. So what is your advice for business owners who are in that point where they're, they're ready to hire, their capacity is sort of getting stretched, but they're not really sure what that next step looks like? Yeah, absolutely. Well, for a start, it's it's really normal. So to totally normalize all those feelings, I have a lot of people talking to me about, you know, I've been a leader before, I've hired before in my corporate career or whatever, and but feeling so much more stuck or feeling, you know, so many more feelings when it comes to hiring for yourself. The reality is, is that it's totally different. And so it's going to feel different. And typically it feels so much more emotional 
and so much more scary when you're hiring as the entrepreneur, when you're hiring for yourself in your own business. And I think the reason it feels really scary and emotional is because you've built this business to this stage by doing so many things yourself. And we want to hold on to that success. So then the question becomes, well, what can I actually safely let go of? And how do I let go of it in a way so I still feel as safe as what I do now since I'm making the money, profits finally dropping in, all those sorts of things. Um, You know, clients love me, all those sorts of things are starting to happen. So how do I stay feeling safe? So my advice to you is to look at your end-to-end client journey and all the things that you're doing in your business and start to ask yourself, just because I can do this, should I do this? Do I need to do this? And you can look at that from lots of different angles from would the client notice if it wasn't me doing this? Is this my zone of genius that it's not reasonable for somebody else to be able to have as big an impact as what I can doing this? Or what are the tasks that I can now do with my eyes closed because I've done them so many times and I'm not really adding value. So that's what we need to look at. We need to look at the big, you know, your service offering to your clients and then also look at your big long to-do list and all the things that you've done. And you can start with it like literally looking at the things that you've done the last week and the things you've done the last month and thinking or asking yourself, what would it have been okay if I didn't do? Where would it not matter if somebody else did it the same function as me but it didn't have my hands on it. And they're your initial things that you can hand over to somebody else. And I feel like the next question that will come up for a lot of listeners is when they're kind of at that point, they're ready to take that leap. Obviously, finances is a massive part of hiring people. So what do people need to have in place to get them set up so that they can feel a little bit more comfortable making that transition? Is there anything that you recommend to your clients? Yeah. Answer the question, if only I didn't have to do this, then finally I could get on with what? And that's one of the ways that you can really quickly see, well, if I spend the money getting somebody else to do this for me, what can I then go and spend my time doing? And is there revenue or money coming in attached to that other thing that I can be doing? And typically when we look at it from that perspective, it's I'll go and do more business development. I'll go and make more relationships. I'll go and, you know, do these other, you know, release a new product or something like that. Typically it's a business growth thing that we're not getting around to doing that we want to. And so then we can look at, well, what would be the spend if I was to hand over my bookkeeping tasks or my social media, you know, designs and get someone else tinkering around in Canva, for example. And let's say I I gave somebody five hours a week to do that or 10 hours a week to do that at $30 or $40. Okay, so that's my spend. So if only I was no longer doing social media templates, then I could go and bring in a new client. Then you get to see almost a return on investment from that spend going out the door. And that's the way that we can bring people into our team and increase the expenses by doing that whilst seeing, okay, where's it coming back? The flip side is, is that sometimes when we hire people in, what they do can bring in direct revenue. And that's always much easier for us to get comfortable with. But at the same time, when we're doing it from that perspective or or in any way, we also need to think, well, how long is it reasonable? How long will it take for this person to be able to do the thing that will bring in the revenue? So say, you know, a more traditional salesperson, you know, how many calls do they need to make? How long do they need to spend generating lead before we'll get a conversion? So, you know, the biggest 
thing, I guess, is we sit here in fear around the spend. And it's, again, totally normal because we're holding on to that profit that we've worked so hard to get. But then we need to think to grow. What do I need to do next? And if only I wasn't doing this, then what would I be focusing on? And that's where we see that link from spending to return. I feel like you are totally in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) And I think like I can really speak from, I guess, that business owner's point of view because I know what that feeling can be like when you're in that really stuck, uncomfortable place. It's kind of feeling like you've got so much on your to-do list and you know you need a hire, but it's just that, oh, I don't know if I can take the leap. But I think sometimes, you know, when you go for a walk or for me, it's taking my dog down to the beach for a walk. Those are those pockets where I just let my mind wander. And that's when I often get those ideas like you're talking about where I go, my God, it'd be so cool if I could introduce this. And I know I've already got clients who are interested. And then I go, but I just don't have time to do that at the moment. So I think it's really, it's a great mindset shift that you've given there because I'm sure many listeners have those thoughts too. And I think rather than thinking, you know, if I bring someone on, my business is going to stay the same. It's actually your business is going to evolve even more. Absolutely. And also building on what you said from, you know, if only I didn't have to do this, I could finally get on with this. That might actually be getting some space to go for a walk with my dog or my child or go to yoga or whatever it is that's important to you. And from that, the creativity will come. So I guess it doesn't always need to be, okay, I'll get on with this revenue generating activity if someone else can take sending invoices off my hands. It can also be, I built my business and I started working for myself to be able to live a beautiful life. If I only didn't have to do these five hours worth of tasks every week, then I'm going to start to get a bit more of a beautiful life. And from that, what will come? Sounds so good. And I'm thinking of a few business owners that I know for that second part of what you spoke about at the start. And I know they've built teams and they're in that point of going, well, what is my role? What do I do in the business? Like, should I do this? Should I go over there and, you know, do this small task? And they almost feel a little bit lost in their business. They don't really know like where they belong. Do you get clients who experience that as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, there's so many different reasons that happens. Often it's because of that super busy, almost hustle startup phase that we've all been in, you know, myself included. I've started three businesses in the last 10 years. So I've definitely been through the hustle and the startup more than once. And I think sometimes what we do is we attach our value and our worth to that busyness. So then when we have team joining us, then we do look around and think, well, oh, Am I still adding value? And sometimes we feel guilty if I'm not as busy as them. Am I a bad boss? Am I being mean? Is that, you know, not fair? All these sorts of things. And then, so what we need to do is we need to sit down and actually look at, well, what does a beautiful life look like for you? And that's what do you want your balance to be? What do you want your role in the business to be? What do you love doing? And if we close our eyes and we imagine you being so proud of yourself in five years, What are you doing then? What have you built? And then what do you need to focus on now and in the next 12 months and in the next two years to get from here to there, both from a, you know, growing the business of your dreams, but also growing the life of your dreams. And it's definitely a process and it's a big mindset shift because it's shifting out of the, almost the automation 
of that busyness of our business where we don't have to think about what we need to do because all the demands on us are telling us what we need to do. And I guess it's it's normal to be there and actually it's a beautiful place to be to then be able to look at it and go, well, where is my zone of genius? How do I impact my clients the most? Where do they need to see me, feel me? And then, you know, if I look at my whole life, what do I want it to look like? You feel a little bit lost as we navigate through those questions and then we come out the other side going, wow. Yeah, it's a pretty incredible place to be. When we're ready to hire, can you tell us the most common mistakes that you see that we can try to avoid? Yeah, definitely. Emotional hiring decisions is probably the biggest reason hires go wrong. And the reason we make emotional hiring decisions is typically because we are hiring last minute, we're hiring in a really urgent way, and we don't have the clarity that we need to be able to make an objective decision. So that's, and and we don't necessarily know how to make an objective decision. So an emotional hiring decision might be just when we make a decision and we almost cross our fingers and we like, oh, I think this will be fine. Let's give it a go. So what we don't want to do is we don't want to go into a hire giving it a go. It's almost like if you imagine, you know, on your wedding day, walking up the aisle thinking, I'm going to give this a go. Like if you think of your ideal rock star team member is somebody who's with you for the long haul, is someone that you really trust, is that sort of, you know, confidant person who also brings amazing skills and all the things to the table. We want to go in with our eyes open, being really clear about this is what we need. How does this sound to you? These are all the bits that I'm not sure about. We're going to have to work out together. How does that sound to you? And then, you know, go into it from that perspective, eyes open, as opposed to crossing our fingers. Because when we go into a hiring decision from a little place of doubt with the crossing of the fingers, then what we do is we look for evidence afterwards to back up our decision. And naturally, we'll always find mistakes. We'll always find the negative that we're looking for. And that can then make us think, oh, no, that was a bad decision. And sometimes it was. And sometimes it's just like a little natural, normal hiring hiccup along the way when somebody started with you. When we're ready to hire, what do you have a bit of like a step-by-step or the first step that we should take? What does that system or process look like that you recommend to your clients? Yeah, I talk about the three C's of hiring success, clarity, confidence, and commitment. So the first step is getting clear and that is totally brain dumping. What do I want the person to do? And then also, how do I want them to do it so that I feel really in control and safe and as amazing as I can or and or so my clients get you know the best experience possible? So that first piece is spending some time literally writing out all the things. And I teach my clients what I call the dream technique, where we close our eyes and in 12 months time, we pretend it's 12 months time and we're celebrating how successful this hire has been. And from that future place, we think back and go, what have they done? How have they done it? What have they taken off my hands? What have they created? What have they started? What are they, what am I no longer doing? Et cetera, et cetera. And we write it all down and we write down the the specific tasks and I call them the what. So the things that we want them to do, like, you know, posting on socials, you know, writing my content, sending out newsletters to my emails, like all the, all the things. But then we also write down, well, how do I want them to do it? 
in a way that would actually really suit me and suit the business I'm building. So, you know, I want them to be proactive. I want them to come up with the first 70% of the email and I want them to send it to me or I want them to always be double-checking my grammar before anything goes out the door. You know, what, what is the way you want them to do it? And it's this how which people overlook because we often just focus on the things and we don't necessarily think about how we want them to do it. And that's why we often see an amazing person feeling amazing to somebody else but not feeling amazing to you because they functionally can do the thing but they aren't doing it in the way that suits our unique leadership style and our unique business. So the first step in hiring well is that clarity piece, that sitting down and spending the time maybe it's an hour and just brainstorming and getting it all out of your belly and out of your head. What do you want them to do? How you want them to do it? And from there, then taking a step forward to going, okay, how do I attract this person to want to come and work with me? With the attraction, I think a big fear for a lot of business owners at the moment is there's no staff available. What's your opinion on that? What are you seeing? there are always staff available. So I'm constantly sitting in a situation where a client saying to me, it's really difficult to hire at the moment. All my colleagues are, you know, trying to hire. There's lots of businesses trying to hire. It's hard to get great people. And every time we get great people. And the reason is starts with that clarity piece. When you're really clear on what you want the person to do and how you want them to do it, and you're clear about what's unique about you as a business owner and you as your business, then you're able to write a beautiful job advertisement that is specific and detailed and attracts the right person and repels the wrong person. So when somebody comes to me saying, you know, I can't get any applications, it's really hard to hire in my market, for example, in my industry, then for sure, if you go and look at all the job advertisements, they're really generic There's nothing specific in there. And often they're centered on the business as opposed to the reader. So just like in all our sales and marketing messaging, we want to speak really specifically and we want to think of it almost like a sales funnel where the right people keep reading because they're interested and the wrong people are reading the advertisement going, oh, I don't want to work there. Perfect. (laughs) Opt out now. So you can attract the right people when you have you know, the art of writing a great job advertisement, and that is includes being specific, it includes having a beautiful structure, and it includes writing in a way that's in the reader's interest. So what's in it for them as opposed to I need a social media manager with at least three years' experience to come and work with me because my business is growing. That's all about you, whereas if you're writing it from the perspective of this is why we need a social media manager and this is why this is the most amazing place for the right person to work. You make it sound really empowering and really like it feels really good. Like I'm even feeling the difference in my own body. So I can only imagine how listeners are feeling tuning in. But I think that's a that's the shift really. It's sometimes we approach hiring from this real scarcity mindset or all the fears and all the emotion. But a lot of the things that you're talking about really encourage us to shift into that empowered and just really inspirational leader within our business. So I think that's really exciting. And where do we start when we're thinking about deciding between, I know there's a bit of a a challenge for people when they go, should I hire a virtual assistant? Should I hire someone casual? Should I hire someone part-time? Is there a question that listeners could ask themselves if they're 
struggling to decide because I think sometimes that emotion is behind that question. So what would you say to that? First of all, I'd say don't choose whatever one of those based on what someone else has done. So again, hold that power back in yourself and work out what's right for you. And the way to do that is from that clarity piece where you've written down all the things you want the person to do, then apply some maths to it. So if I want somebody checking my emails every day, how long do I want them in my inbox? Half an hour a day? Is it every day? Or is it like, would two days a week be enough? So for example, for me, when I was hiring a virtual assistant, when I sat there and did my big brain dump, what I realized was I need somebody working with me five days a week, not all day, but actually if they're not in my inbox, then I'm going to have to do those things. So it's an everyday task. When I mapped it out, it ended up, it started off for me being two hours a day, but it had to be across all five days of the week. Now that same person actually works double that now, which is great. We've grown, but through actually getting really specific from the outset. So, you know, say you've got invoicing down. Well, how often do invoices need to go out? Is that a once a month task or is that a once a day task? You know, what are the things specifically that you want the person to be doing? You know, if you want someone to help you with client onboarding, how often are you signing new clients? Is that a daily thing or is that a monthly thing? Look at all the tasks and you can break them into a business as usual pile and a project pile. So you might think, I want to merge to a new email newsletter system. Okay, cool. So that would fall under the project category. And you might think, okay, well, maybe it's 10 hours or 20 hours. And you know, all you can do is your best guess and put numbers next to things. And then look at it and think, well, is this going to be going up and down? And is it really varied? In which case it becomes like a five to 20 hour role or something like that. In which case, then a permanent part-time type of person isn't right for you because your flow of work isn't consistent. So it's probably more like somebody who either can work casually or as a subcontractor who has other clients. And the other thing to think about is how important is it that this person just works for me? So there's a bit of a trend, particularly in the startup space where we hire subcontractors because they feel safer, because it less commitment you know, you can get rid of the person easier. These sorts of things are often the reasons why that feels like a better idea. But actually, if we look at our end-to-end customer journey and what we're asking the person to do, you know, is that flexibility on both sides actually going to serve you and your business beyond the immediate term? So, you know, if, if you're hiring somebody who has other clients, how do you feel? Does it make you feel safe if potentially they're working for, with somebody else in your industry, if potentially they're, you know, prioritizing somebody else? Or actually, does it make you feel safer as the CEO? If not, actually, just want somebody who just works with me, who, you know, particularly doesn't work with anyone else in this industry, in which case then maybe you're leaning towards the more employee or casual or part-time employee type of model. So, you know, I've said quite a bit there, but, you know, the first thing I said was tap into what's going to feel great to you and really own that uniqueness and give yourself the permission to want what you want. So for some people, having a virtual assistant who works with four other clients in the same industry wouldn't worry them. And that's perfect for them. But if you get like a a, a niggle in your belly at the thought of that, then lean into that and be like, oh no, that doesn't feel good for me. And What would your wrap-up message be today to that business owner who is stuck in the hustle, but they're working way too late at night and they just can't seem to get through their to-do list, but they're really nervous about hiring and really overwhelmed? What 
words of wisdom could you tell them to just give them that little bit of courage? So if you're planning to grow, then you're planning to hire and you want to do it earlier rather than later. So don't wait until you're feeling any more stressed or any more overwhelmed than what you are now. Get started. You know, learn the process. So learn a hiring process, learn how to make the right decisions, learn how to interview so you can make the very best decision you can with the information you have, but then also just allow yourself to be on a journey. And if it doesn't work, that's okay as well, because you'll either get what you want or you'll get what you need and all the lessons that come with it. So do everything you can to learn the right way. And you're welcome to come on over to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast and come on over and you know consume any of my free content and learn as much as you can. And then just take some steps forward and really just move yourself along that journey and just take it as a process, take it as a journey with all the lessons that come with it. And How can people come and work with you? What are your different offerings? I know you've got your incredible podcast, but what are some other ways that we can get involved? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've got um, I've got a couple of self-paced courses that people can do. In particular, there's an interviewing masterclass, which is pretty amazing. It teaches you that sort of concept of getting clear from the outset and you get, you know, templates and tools from me that I show you how to use. And it tells you how to craft a great interview. So that's a really great self-paced way. If you are looking to work with me on an ongoing basis and you want to sort of come up with a team strategy and actually have somebody hold your hand as you move through those hires and you start to build out the process for your team, then you can book a discovery call and have a chat to me about working with me privately. But pop on over to paulamaidens.com or over to Instagram where I hang out a fair bit over there and that's at Paula Maidens Consulting and have a bit of a look and have a chat. I love to receive direct messages from people, particularly if you've heard me on a podcast, let me know that you've been listening to us here. And there's lots of information over on the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast too. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with all of the listeners and me. (laughs) This has been such a valuable chat and yeah, you're a true guru when it comes to all things hiring. So I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a beautiful chat. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love if you could leave a review or share a screenshot to Instagram and tag at Honestly Imperfect Podcast so that I can pop on over and say hello. I can't wait to connect with you again soon.